Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the She Got Game segment of the Takara Williams Show. I'm super excited that you guys are joining us on the launch of this show. And my goal for this is to become an outlet for highlighting women's basketball on all levels with a strong focus on the South Florida area. Now, I want you guys to understand something. Just because my focus is on South Florida doesn't mean that I'm going to ignore anything that comes to my attention from any other areas. South Florida is where I'm based at right now. It's where I'm from. So that's where the bulk of the information will come from. But with progression of time and also with the support of you guys, I'm sure I'll be able to accommodate and to broaden my reach. And I really want to promote every area of basketball, girls basketball, that I possibly can. So welcome to the She Got Game segment of this Carl Williams show. I'm super duper excited about what's about to happen in Today, later on, I will have a featured guest on the show, special guest, Alicia Harvin. She'll be joining us uh, a bit later, but just a brief synopsis on Alicia. She's a former high school standout player um, in South Florida. She was when she graduated from South Florida High School. Uh, She received a full athletic scholarship to Florida State University, so she's definitely a Seminole. She has that alumni base following her and supporting her, and she's also played professionally overseas. So can't wait to get her on to talk about some of the things, the people and places that basketball has allowed her to see. So definitely, definitely um, should be information-packed. And if you guys have any questions, please do call in to 323-870-3958. If you have any questions or you want to make a comment, um, that number, again, is 323-870-3958. Five eight. That's the number to call in, um, get your questions answered, um, especially when Alicia comes on. If you guys have any questions for her, um, that's available. Again, one more time, that number is 323-870-3958. First thing is first, I want to talk about the the league that's in, in America right now, the WNBA, which is the highest degree of basketball that a a female athlete can aspire for and actually make it to and play for. And that's the WNBA. And and the thing about it is um, there's a lot of talk, which it has been since the league has started, about the pay varying from the women to the men. Now, let's just get a couple facts out right now, okay? The WNBA was birthed on April 24th, 1996. So the league has been in existence for 22 years. Uh, let's talk about the NBA now. On the flip side of that, the NBA, the birth of the NBA was June 6, 1946. So that's 71 years ago. So we're looking at 22 years and 71 years. And even from there, we know the variation of time, growth, uh, a lot of different things. So um, the WNBA right now is at, is at 22 years young. Okay, and there's still a lot of things that I think we, as spectators, as as supporters, have to do to help promote the league overall. Um, myself being a former WNBA player, I do understand this. Now, don't get me wrong; I definitely <laughs> would want that equal pay to have happened. Of course, when I was playing in the league, I'm sure that former players and current players of the WNBA right now. Um, want the same thing. Uh, I was drafted in 2004 by the San Antonio Superstars. Um, now they have moved to Las Vegas, and they're now the Las Vegas Aces. But I did go to Texas A&M, um, and I was a standout collegiate player there um, from South Broward High School. 
um, is where I originated from here in South Florida. Okay, Hollywood, Florida is where I'm from. So back to back to the equal pay of the league. Um, of course, the players would want it, but truth be told, we we have to have more support. Right now, is the support the same as the NBA? You know, um, if we're gonna fight for these things, we have to make sure that we have everything that we need to be in place. So is that support the same as far as going out to games? Okay. Um, right now the men are in playoffs and the women have just started their season. Season is freshly started. A lot of people don't know that about the WNBA. They never know when the league is actually being played. So that right there is a problem within itself. So is it the marketing that's the problem? Is it the promotion that's the problem? Or is it just the support? What is it that affects the pay? Because you got to have people come out and support the product. You have, to, you have to have that. No matter what it is, you have to have people come out and support the product. Um, you have to have people purchasing things, ticket sales, um, paraphernalia. Um, are, are there people out here, if you're a supporter of the WNBA, do you have the women's jerseys? Do you go on and order the jerseys, even if you go to WNBA.com, are you ordering the paraphernalia to support the cause? Are you purchasing tickets and showing up to games? Are you watching on the television to get the ratings? So there's a lot of things that, that have to be done in order for the revenue to rise up. I'm sure if we do those things, um, that will happen. But I, I do think also that it has to be that we focus on our local areas first. And then that will gradually bring us into what we call the WNBA, the professional level. Um, I did witness through um, just watching the NCAA tournament for women's, you know, there were a lot of people tuned in to the college side of it, but I can't say that those same people tune in for the WNBA. Um, The WNBA season starts about two to three months after the season is over, you know, Right after that, maybe a couple of weeks, you have the WNBA draft. How many people actually know about the WNBA draft or how many people actually care to know about it? You know, if it's something that you really want, you'll, you'll figure out and you'll find out that information. Um, but my question is this, from, from a local standpoint, you know, if you're coaching high school, college, or, you know, you're a local travel team, AAU team, uh, just a local-based rec team, doesn't matter, are you – are you yourself watching the WNBA? Now, mind you, this is the highest level of women's basketball in the United States. Um, we feature some of the best players in the world, if not the best players in the world. And if you're not watching it and you coach this game, how are you growing the game? You can't grow the game if you're not watching what it's going to take for players that you're building a, a solid foundation with now because you're, you're their basis and you're their foundation. So if you're building a solid foundation with them now, are you helping them to get to that next level of what it is because you're watching it? If you're watching it, you should know what to expect, how to um, teach your kids certain things, certain moves, what players to watch because nobody got good overnight. It, it took time. It took development. And we got to put an emphasis on that. So if you're coaching high school, middle school, even if you're dealing with elementary school age kids, are you yourself watching the WNBA and teaching these girls what you see that's being exemplified in the WNBA? Because truth be told, they're not going to go out and perform against the NBA players. Now, I know the rebuttal to that is a lot of people will say, well, I have a girl who's, who's very athletic. She's strong. She's really good. But she's better than most girls in her age group. And she plays against the guys. The guys are faster. They're stronger. They're going to make her better. True enough, I understand that. I grew up playing the same exact way. Um, when I was growing up, like I said, the WNBA didn't come out until April 24th, 1996. So there's a period of time where we had nothing to really look forward to as far as the professional level except overseas. Um, what we did look forward to was college, which collegiate girls basketball wasn't on the television how it is now. But we did play against guys. It was to get us better. But now that you have something in place, okay, the WNBA is, is, is solely a replica of the NBA for younger girls. So this is the place where they're actually going to be at. Do they watch those players that have paved the way? These kids don't even know the history of the game. Is it their fault or is it 
us as coaches, parents, spectators, we're not teaching them the game. And we're not teaching them how much it has evolved from. Because when you teach someone something, you know, they they respect it a little more. And do the players that currently play this game have any respect for the WNBA? And it might be because they don't know about it. Nobody's taught them the game, you know, um, and, and vice versa. Do we have enough WNBA players, whether current or former, giving back to the game of basketball? And when I say giving back, I mean this, giving your time, going out to spend time with girls who strive to be where you are right now or where you have been. Do we have enough of that? Because it's one thing to build relationships, and it's one thing just to say, you know, all right, I'm going to go do something, but you never do it. So if we're going to hold the spectators accountable, we got to hold the former players, which I am a former player also, and the current players accountable as well for getting out in our local communities and really teaching girls and letting them see you because there's a difference with seeing someone and actually being able to touch, feel, and talk to them, it just means a lot more than versus I can only see you on the television. So, again, all parts have to be working together, and everybody have to, has to do their part to make this to make this league grow, okay? Um, if we want to prepare these young ladies, play at the highest level of basketball often in the United States, and if we can't do that if we don't know anything about the level that we're trying to prepare them for. You know, so we got to do a better job at setting the foundation to show them, hey, this is the level that you're trying to be at. This is how the players look that play this level, because if they never see that, it's a complete culture shock to them when they're trying to get there and like, oh, my God, I can't I can't make it at this level. So, you know, even with that being said, we have to do a better job of, of just preparation. OK, um. I just want to take time out really quick to tell you guys, currently the WNBA is offering a league pass, okay? This league pass is a free trial through May 24th, and after the trial is over, I believe the fee is either $17 or $24, okay? So right now, there's a free league pass going on right now, and and the question that I have is how many people are actually, have actually taken advantage of getting the league pass? How many people have actually... It's free right now. Remember, it's free. No charge. Okay? You have a free trial error right now. <laughs> no charge. How many people have actually taken advantage of that? Um, and, and that comes with building the awareness of the league. And in, in, in the league overall, we, we have to do a better job just knowing the things that it takes to get to where we want to be. Because if, we, if we're saying that the WNBA is elite. And when you go around the country and you look all around the country, and I've played overseas too, the support overseas basketball from their fans, from their fan base alone, it's totally different from what I've experienced here in the United States. And I'm from here. Um, so I can tell you that the the overseas experience that I've had, their fans are there, they're supporting, they're at games, they're cheering them on, they're treating their players like celebrities. Um, and here in the WBA, I don't know if it's that we don't know who our players are, but they're just a commoner in our in our eyes from a from a perspective standpoint. So we got to do a better job at being more unified when it comes to promoting our league and building our self-awareness of, of what it is. And, again, like I said, I think it all boils down to the local areas, you know, um, high schools. And it's the same thing, you know, um, I do coach high school here in South Florida. I actually coach in Weston at Cypress Bay High School. So I, I see this a lot. There's not a lot of turnout for the girls' games than there are at the boys' games. Um, why is that? Now, on the flip side of that, when I was playing at South Barra High School, we built our legacy on our fan base. Our fan base actually supported no matter where we went. Our fans were there, and it started with the community. So wherever we were going, um, the community held us accountable. You know, we were able to be in, in our communities talking to people and telling them about games, and even our peers we grew up with, you know, they would play against us every day, and they would come to the games and support to see us play because, you know, they've always wanted to see us win and succeed. And, and by them doing that and by us having that community relationship, um, 
I was able to win two state championships and have a numerous amount of support just going to the state championship games, which are not played locally. They were played about three hours away in the city of Lakeland. So that local base and that support is is something that is is paramount to what success can be. Um, so again, like I said, I, I think it starts with the uh, the basis and the foundation. And, you know, we have to start putting an emphasis on building girls basketball just in general. And I think if we start locally, you know, that helps us out abroad. We're going to take a quick break. And by that time, I believe we have Alicia on the line. So we'll get her in. Um, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. I'm back, and now we do have Alicia Harvin on the line with us. Like I said, Alicia is a former high school standout in South Florida from South Bride High School, received the full athletic scholarship to Florida University, and has played overseas professionally. Alicia, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well, doing well. So how's everything going? Oh, things are going great for me. Uh just back in Atlanta now, just finished up the season over in France. So, yeah. Okay, now talk to us. Um, Take us through a timetable of, of where you started playing. And, I mean, you just said you came back from uh, France. So, let's talk about where you started at with playing basketball. Oh, man, let's dig back. <laughs> uh, well, so my roots, um, I'm from from Hollywood, Florida. Um, but, well, before basketball, I don't know if a lot of people know, but I was a cheerleader uh, for my uh, local Hollywood pal, and I also uh, did boxing before. But my cousin uh, saw that I was, you know, pretty athletic. My cousin, Trevon Perry, who got me into playing basketball when I was about maybe 13, 12, 13 years old, um, kind of, you know, saw that talent in me, and uh, he, he, he was playing basketball. So he was just like, took me to a court one day, and you know, I was just naturally good at it. I think I made my first layup, and that was just, like, so exciting for me as, you know, a young kid. I'm like, what? This may be, you know, something that, you know, I can pursue. So uh, I think the summer of that, um, I made my seventh grade year, I kind of started playing basketball with him, going to different parts uh, in Carver Ranches, Hollywood, uh, the Pals, and uh, just, you know, getting my game better and better. And uh, just through him encouraging me and things like that, you know, and then finding out that I had my mom actually played basketball. I had uh, older cousins, uh, Talisha Warner, and my uh, aunt, my aunt on my dad's side, they played basketball. So it was kind of in me, kind of rooted in me uh, in the beginning. But um, just started out playing uh, AAU with, uh, got connected with Coach Walker, Richard Walker, um, and started playing AAU for the Hollywood Suns, uh, which were before the Miami uh, Suns. So started playing there and then kind of, you know, get really uh, started playing with some great players. Uh, I think I was playing uh, up. I was 16, but I was playing – no, I was 13, I'm sorry. But I was playing up in uh, the 16 age group with uh, just a bunch of different players. Uh, Ebony Sadler and uh, – who else was on that team? Uh, yeah, I can't even I can't even remember the name. I started playing there. <laughs> so you ate a little uh, bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, dang, who was on that team? But just a lot, a lot of really good players and uh I think just me playing with those kind of those great players, it kinda like helped my game pick up a bit. And just me being, you know, uh competitive, I always wanted to, you know, be one of those top players. 
But after that, just went on, you know, played middle school throughout my seventh and eighth grade year, uh, and then uh, got a chance to play at South Broward High School where, you know, it was a bunch of great players before me there, you know, including yourself, see, playing, Thank you know, you. watching you guys play, Cameron James, Vasanda Slade, Lamise James, all those people who came before me, I was just, like, so anxious to, like, you know, be a part of that. So having that culture around me, uh, you know, inspired me to, you know, step my game up and, you know, become the player I am. So just playing high school at South Broward, then I earned my uh, scholarship to play at Florida State University. And then, you know, it branched off into me, you know, getting a tryout or going into the training camp with uh, uh, the WNBA, the Washington Mystics. And then, you know, after that, just playing overseas uh, in a different, a bunch of different, you know, countries. Okay. So All that's right. just a little Okay, so let me ask you this: at, at what at what age did you knew that basketball was something that you you wanted to pursue? I know you said you started off um, with chilling and in, in boxing, and and one thing I can't say about that, I know boxing gives you footwork, right? So I know you came right into the game with oh, footwork yeah. ready. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and right. With chilling, yeah, I know you're doing a lot of jumping, so hey, that works out. See, all of that kind of like inter- intertwined together. You know, um, for me, I, I just think my childhood. I was so involved with so many different sports that, you, like you say, it did help me, you know, with building that foundation with basketball. But uh, I think I fell in love with it literally right away because, uh, you know, I, I just feel like with basketball I had so much my support system. Like with getting with my cousin, Trevon Perry, he just was so, you know, animated and, and just inspirational with, you know, his words and, and, and seeing a light in me. And he kind of, like, sparked that, like, man, because you can be the next Cameron James, the next, you know, Takara Williams. And I'm like, what, really, me? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> with him, like, boosting me to be be that type of player and, and, and getting with Coach Walker, and, you know, he's such a impactful person and, and great coach and one of my biggest inspirations. He, once I got under his belt, it was just like, you know, they believed in me. And, you know, right. I got up under Coach Ward for, for one year, my uh, freshman year, I got a taste of, you know, just her, what she brings to the table. And just having, like, you know, like that foundation and those players around me kind of helped push me. And and, and it's really been <laughs> skyrocketing since then. Like, I've been – basketball has just been a part of my life since, like I say, about the age 13. And I'm, what, 29 now. So, okay, all right. it definitely took, took me a long way. You're tapping on 30 already. All right. I like it. I like oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So look, talk talk to us about um your your high school basketball career from freshman year to senior year. Um, as far as how much work, time, dedication you put in. Um, did you guys secure a state championship? How many times you went? Just talk about the things that you know you kind of learned at South Broward High School. Oh, so at South Broward, just coming in, I already knew that you know there were high expectations for just that, that, that program, uh, you know, before I got there, I think they had won maybe four or five. Could have been about three or four. And um, well, probably four or five. I'm tripping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just knowing when I got there, um, I, it was it was a little bit nerve-wracking because I just didn't know what to expect. I knew that, the, you know, the stakes were high. You know, you had to come in, you know, with the – especially up under those big name players that I just named, I just knew that, you know, I just wanted to come in and, and just play my role. Uh, but when I got there, I think I, I was playing with, I had one year with Lamise, uh, Shay, uh, Dominique Bow, Laquita Ferguson. I played with those girls. So when I came in, they kind of, they made me feel comfortable. I don't know why I was afraid, but I guess just knowing that, you know, this is a state championship team, you know, this is a powerhouse, you know, just coming in as that little young freshman, you just like, okay, I just want to come in and and and, and try to you know contribute and do what do whatever I need to do to just get on the floor. But right. uh, the freshman year, you know, we won my uh our, my first state championship, high school state championship, and that was just an amazing feeling, like coming in, you know, and just winning like right off the bat. That was like my first championship ever. So just coming in, I already had that. Uh, the second year. Uh, all those girls left, so it was kind of like <laughs> it was. Uh, we had to rebuild that that second year. Um, uh, I don't I don't remember where how far we went, but I know we didn't we didn't do that well. Probably made it out of the district, and and that was it. That was a, the the my sophomore and junior year. Um, 
just more so rebuilding, trying to like get that, you know, get players into back into the program. Um, but it really, yeah. And then my senior year, we made it back to the uh, state championship. We built the team to where we can, you know, we had our post players, we had decent guards, and uh, we made it back to Lakeland. Uh, and we lost to Miami New Orleans. I think about I forgot how many points, but we we, we definitely lost to Miami New Orleans against one of my best friends, Ebony Sadler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so we didn't we didn't get a chance to take that one home. So uh, uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. But the, the mindset and, and the work ethic was definitely uh, we were working probably year round. Uh, Coach Walker definitely had us uh, in the gym, making sure we're we're in in shape, <laughs> making sure we were getting up shots. <laughs> Uh, it was pretty much just just in the gym. I remember high school just always being in the gym, living in the gym. <laughs> it was no it was no break for me. I remember just always AAU back into high school, spring leagues, um, you know, preseason. We he had us running track, cross country, so we were we were in shape. We were definitely in shape. Yeah, it definitely takes that to be ready, especially when, you know, you're coming into a program. And, again, like I was speaking earlier before you came on, you know, I, I was at that program, so I, I know the level of dedication and commitment that it took. And if you're trying to get to the next level, there, there's no better preparation than to actually have coaches that make sure you're prepared to get there. And, and the next question yeah. that I had is, you know, describing your experience at uh, FSU, but just talking about how, being ready from high school actually helped you going into FSU with playing there and learning their system and what um, Coach Sue wanted you to do there. Yeah, and I think with uh, what, what I now that you you mentioned that another thing too that we had was our players who like players such as yourself and Tamara and Lamit, all those players would come back during those summer times and make sure that they gave us you know the knowledge that they were learning on that next level. So we kind of had the advantage because we had those players who played at those top, you know, Division One colleges who would come back and would share the knowledge and, and, and give us more insight on what it took to be, you know, what it took to get to that level and to stay on that level and to stay on that court. Um, you know, things such as running to the beach from our South Bar to the beach, those runs were, you know, not only, you know, conditioning you physically but mentally because, you know those runs going over those bridges. <laughs> that Absolutely. Was real, like, tough. <laughs> that was tough, like, you know, trying to train your body to, you know, overcome those obstacles and, and fight through fatigue and different things like that. So not only, you know, did we have the coaches behind us and, and talking to those college coaches and, and, and gaining insight and knowledge to bring back to our, you know, powerhouse um but we had the players who, you know, came back. And that's one thing that I like about, you know, South Broward and the program is that we, you know, we're a family. No matter what, you know, we stay connected. And that's the thing that, you know, you know, makes us who we are. Absolutely. I, I have to agree with you on that. And, again, you know, with any family, you'll have disagreements, fights. But at the end of the day, the family wants best for every family member that has came from that family. And everybody exactly. from our program is pretty much um, homegrown. And, you know, everybody mm-hmm. from that area, you have ties to the community. And that's important. And that's one of the things I was talking about earlier also is how do we build the WNBA up? And I think you got to start on the local level and just get in the support locally, and then it'll uh, filter out abroad. So and I, and I definitely exactly. want to ask you, how was it How was it playing for Coach Sue? You know, um, I run into her all the time, great lady, always having a smile on her face. Now, I never played for her, so I want to know that flip side of Coach Sue, the coach <laughs> Coach Sue. <laughs> The coach, coach who? Hey, coach Sue. <laughs> That's my baby, man. She's such a great lady. Uh, she definitely wants the best for you. Um, definitely has that, you know, that that rough that coat that rough coach style, but it, it's really to just get the best out of you. Um, it was definitely different for me coming from being being uh, coached up under a male. I think that male female coaching is definitely a different thing. Uh, so I had to, like, you know, get used to her style when I first got there. Uh, you know, I just feel like women, we always clash. And, and you know, I was a hothead. So <laughs> it took me a while to, like, calm down and, and really understand that, you know, these people, they want the best for you, in, you know, in, in the long term. They they just want to see you do well. And, and they actually recruited me, you know, when I first started, when I was throwing the ball, ricocheting it across the backboard. Like, you know, they just saw something <laughs> best for me. So, um uh, just playing for her, you know, she she she's a 
talker. So she, she makes sure that, you know, if you don't understand, she'll she'll sit down and make sure she talks with you. She's very personable, open, and honest. And she could be brutally honest at times. But, you know, I think, you know, we need that. You know, we need sometimes, you know, you have these people in your corner that are yes men and, and want to just tell you all the good stuff. But, you know, you got to have those people that are realistic and, and open and honest with you and tell you when you're doing wrong and what you need to do better. And I feel like, you know, if you even look at my career at Florida State, you know, it, it was all – it it kind of like started off slow, but then it built up. And that's just a rep- representation of her and, and really, you know, helping me, you know, try to calm down, you know, that, that hyper and that that real, like, aggressive side of myself. And, and I, I feel like, you know, when I first got in there, I was just, you know, a hothead. And, and eventually, you know, as those years went on, you know, I was able to mature and, and, and be up under her leadership and, and really, you know, figure out, like, what type of player I am and what can I can contribute to the game. But she's definitely a, a on, a on your behind coach, making sure, you know, you know you're doing the right things. And, and, and that's something that I feel like I needed at that time. So and, and let, me, let me ask you this, because it, it sounds like, you know, Coach Sue has definitely um, developed you into, you know, just took you from the level that you're at, because you were a, like I said earlier, a standout high school player, but took you from the level that you're at and pulled something out of you that you probably didn't even know existed in you and really showed you mm-hmm. how to channel that energy that you had, because you call yourself a hothead, it's just a bunch of energy, and you just got to learn how to channel yeah. it, which, <laughs> which it seems like she taught you. And um, this, how is how is that transformation just over your career as far as um, the growth? How much time did you put in individually to work on your game without your coaches? Or I know in college it's a little bit different because you can have coaches that will come rebound and shoot with you, and, you know, if you need oh, them to. Yeah. So. How much man, time did you spend? They spoil, yeah. That's one thing that they don't know. They spoil <laughs> you in college. Yeah, you, get, you got the little, uh, what are they called? Yeah, your uh, managers. Yeah. yeah. The managers, yeah, they'll come out and shoot with you. You you get the chance to watch them, see what you're doing wrong, and, and all that stuff is just is teaching you how to actually develop your game. But outside of that, like when you don't have that, like now, like as a professional, you really have to do all that yourself. Like you you got to be stay in the gym, you got to be disciplined, get up in the morning, make sure you know you're eating right, you're stretching, you're taking care of your body because you don't have those people that you know, are knocking on your door. Because in college, I'm not going to lie, I had coaches come to my apartment knocking on my door, making sure I was up, <laughs> making yeah. sure you know, I was, you know, in class, sitting in the first three rows and, and all of that. But, you know, when you don't have that, you still have to – I mean, it, it teaches you, too, because doing that over the past four years, you kind of, like, build that discipline and knowing, like, what you have to do. You know, maybe your freshman, sophomore year, you maybe don't understand why they're on you so much. But, you know, after college, you, you're not going to have that. So you, you kind of take advantage of it, but you also need to learn that, you know, once you, you know, if basketball is something that you want to do on a professional level, you, you you have to do that on your own. You're not going to have these people knocking on your door, you know, making sure you're doing your training, making sure you're eating right or things like that. Like that's something that you're going to have to just take, you know, on your own and 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 work, but that's just, that just comes from your foundation and knowing, like, you know, knowing what your goals are. Like, if you know you're trying to be a professional athlete, you know your goals are going to be a little different than the, than the person that's just playing the game just to play. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And and nowadays you have a lot of kids who, um, you know, they feel entitled and it's just, you know, if they're good locally, they think that's that's just the end game. They don't spend the time to work oh, yeah. on their game. They don't spend the time studying the game um, as they should. So when they get to college, it's like a, a rude awakening in like, oh, my God, what just happened? So to, to hear you actually say, you know, the preparation um, that took you from high school to college, it kind of helped you, although you still had your issues as far as you saying being a hothead, but they still held you accountable. And you learned quickly that you had to have some self-discipline mm-hmm. to make everything work, right? You got to because I'm t- like – they, they'll do it to a certain extent. Like, if, they, if they, they know that you're trying and they see that, you know, yeah, you may make a couple mistakes here and there, but if you if you, you, you definitely got to be able to, you know, put in that work because if you're not putting in that work and you're not putting in up your numbers on the court, you, you're you not going to play. And then if you're not playing and you're just wasting those people money, those are what, thirty to $40,000, $50,000 scholarships that you just holding, yeah. you know, somebody else is out there working 
you know, if you're not putting up your numbers, you're not, you know, contributing to the team because at the end of the day, it's, it's about, you know, the team effort. If you, you can't waste that scholarship, they got somebody else, you know, waiting in line that's, that's eager to work, that's way more hungry, that's not going to come and knock on your door and tell you to wake up or, or you know, tell you to come watch film because the other kid next door, the kid in, in Georgia, the kid in Alabama is out there ready, already watching film, already done built that, you know, discipline and, and, and work ethic. You got to understand, you're not the only one that's trying to get a scholarship. You're not the only one that's trying to, that's trying to pursue a professional, you know, job. You got other people that, you know, are behind you that are, you know, running that same race. So right. for me, I always kind of understood that because, like I say, I had those people come back and tell me these stories, tell me, you know, what it was like to be in college. So I was, you know, I, I like I said, I probably had the upper hand over a lot of, you know, other players. So, you know, I understood that and, and, and like, I, w- I, w- I would say, you know, it took me, like, the, my freshman year to really, like, you know, pipe down to get adjusted to college and really to, to remember, you know, what I learned and, and and remember all the people that I had behind me and, and the foundation that, you know, you know, that helped me get to where I needed to be. But that was it. Yeah, I mean, and, and, it, and it's actually the truth. I mean, it does pure facts, and it's actually the truth. So, I, I wanna, what I want to know also is, um, what were your thoughts at training camp? Now, um, which, which training camp were you in? The Washington Mystics. Okay, so you went to the Washington Mystics training camp, and I mean, at that time, this is the level that you know you have set your aspirations on going to from in, during your season, senior season. The WNBA was something that you wanted to get into, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So now, how did you? I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> After uh, you know my senior year, um, you know we made it to the Elite Eight. I felt like you know that was my best season. I was you know I had my best numbers in college, and uh, okay. I hadn't heard anything about, you know, draft or anything. No one was really talking to me, my agent, and I. we were mostly talking about overseas opportunities. So, you know, I was a little down and out about it, but I also knew that, you know, that wasn't the end. I knew that, you know, whether or not it was a WNBA or overseas opportunity, it was still a professional opportunity. And, and I knew that, you know, I was, what, 22 graduating, I believe. <laughs> so I knew it was <laughs> over for me, but um, – when I did get that, that call, I, I remember being in my apartment and I got a call from my agent saying that, you know, you had an opportunity to, you know, go into the training camp. And I was like, what? I hadn't been working out. I had, like, basically <laughs> took a little break, you know, to kind of, you know, get my body ready for the overseas season, which didn't start until, like, maybe six, seven months from, from that time I graduated. So right. I, when I got the call, I was like, wow, I can't believe, you know, they say, you know, it's better be it's better to be prepared for opportunities but not be prepared, you know, when it arrives. And I was like, I thought about that quote, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready. <laughs> but, you know, I need to – I had, like, two – I had two weeks, you know, before I needed to be, you know, at the training camp. So what I did was I just called all the people from Florida State, and they got me in the gym. And, you know, I did what I could do in that two weeks. But, right. you know, it was definitely a great opportunity. Um, I went there. I, I did my best. You know, um, unfortunately, I didn't make the team, but that opportunity just showed me that, you know, you never know what can happen for you. And and it just showed me, you know, how how that level worked. You know, when I saw my name on the on that locker and it it had tape, but it was just, you know, Harvard number 11. (laughs) I was I was I was happy, you know, just to to be in that, you know, in in, in that arena. Right. Um, but, you know, I do feel like, you know, if I could tell any kids out there now, you know, always be prepared and and and, and just set yourself up because you don't want to, like I said, you don't want to not be prepared when the opportunity presents itself. So I wish, like I still, you know, think about that, you know, every now and then. And I'm like, damn, I kind of wish I would have never took that break because who knows what would have happened. But, you know, right. my, my career is still going. I'm, like I say, I'm 29 and I'm still going. So it's, it's, not, it's not the end. It's not the end for you if you don't make the team. But, you know, it was a great, you know, it was a great opportunity playing with those players in that in the practice facility, uh, getting that gear, you know, putting on that jersey, taking a photo shoot. All that was just, you know, a great – I, I felt like 
I had made it. Like, wow, mama, I made it. <laughs> you know? And I still sometimes, you know, Google myself just to, you know, you know, get that motivation back again. Like, you know, you, you are a great player. And sometimes you, you got to be your biggest fan. Yeah, And that's something that, you know, I continue to do for myself. You know, I give myself pep talks now, you know, to get myself up and, and, and playing with these younger players and trying to keep up. Well, I do keep up, so, you know, I'm still doing it. So. <laughs> but it was a great, great experience. I learned from those coaches, you know, different, uh, you know, shooting strategies. Uh, with them, it's, it's all about percentage shots, you know, making sure you're taking the best shot for the team. Um Making sure you you know the the philosophy is different because you're at a you you're a professional at that level, um you're you're not in college anymore they're not basically taking care of you you basically got to make sure you you know what time practices you know you're scheduling your own individual practices and things like that it's really a it's a job it's it's not something that is you know they're calling you to you know we have practice this time they'll give you a schedule and you have to make sure you're there at those appointments those photo shoots. Anything that they have lined up, you, you basically have to be ready for it. So basically, you're you're the boss of your your corporation. You're the corp, and you're the boss of your corporation. Yeah. So if, if you slip up, you're missing out. You you pretty much gonna miss it. Your your window is very small. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that goes from time management because uh, and and again, a lot of kids, you know, I don't think they know everything that goes into being a professional athlete, because you mentioned earlier the nutrition, what you're putting in your body, um, the amount of time that you're taking to actually work on your game um, individually mm-hmm. without your coaches. And I, I know um, one thing for me, IQ was something that separated me from everybody. If if you know the game mm-hmm. inside and out, you know, it makes you that much more uh, marketable oh, yeah. to any team. So how, how, how do you feel IQ helped you as well? I, I agree with that because I feel like even though I probably wasn't in the best shape, my IQ was there. Like that stage, I could, you know, I saw those players going in and out, and I was still, you know, in the training camp, blasting to the last, you know, final cut. So I felt like that IQ and and, and knowing what shots and, and reading the defense and and knowing like you know just different things that you know you don't have to be in shape for, but you your, your IQ saves you. Right. So I feel like with that, that just that 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 saved me, and and I lasted, you know, quite you know a longer time than you know who just came in and was just trying to do too much, you know. Right. Basketball is a team sport. You gotta, you know, you can't just go in there trying to jack up shots. You gotta take, you know, good quality shots, you know. And like I say, a lot of training now, you know, they're they're training on these one on one moves and doing all this, you know, fancy stuff and, and jellying, but in the game, they're not able to do that because they're not able to read the defense well enough in order to do the move. Absolutely. So it's, I, it's, it's about – go ahead. No, no, you said – when you said that, you said a mouthful because, I mean, I see it a lot and, <laughs> and I train kids a lot too, so, you know, I don't I don't train on the fancy-smancy stuff because, I mean, in the in the real game, you, you, you got the ball for a certain amount of time and you got to make a move and get by somebody. That's, that's really what it's about. Right. Playing with the ball east to west not going to get you nowhere. You got to be going north-south and making good decisions. And, I mean, you basically just said just that, so I'm glad you did mention that. Yeah, because I, 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 I went to a, a tournament actually this weekend and watched one of my good friends coach. I mean, it was a, a seventh grade team, but you see a lot of that east and west stuff, and at the end of the day, you're not being productive. And, and I feel like, you know, the best, especially at that age, that's when you need to be learning, like, those fundamentals and, and getting your IQ up so that when you're, you know, progressing, you're not going backwards. You're, you're, you want to always be progressing forward. So if you're, you're, you're teaching, okay, we're going to do a dribble cross slide, you know, between the back. Like, what you're teaching all these moves, but you're in, you're stationary. You need to be teaching these moves going forward to try to get past the defender so that you can, you know, what's your goal? You're trying to score. You're trying to get the ball in that basket. You're not trying to shake nobody. What is that going to do? That's not putting the ball in the basket. That's not, you know, getting your teammates involved. You just basically just want to like a highlight. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a fact. That you is know, a fact. 
when I train now and when I trained in the past, it was always with a purpose. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I had those people around me who helped me, you know, develop my game so that, you know, I can be productive and not, you know, just be an Instagram fame, you know, <laughs> baller. I don't, I don't want that. But yeah. So, and I think it's a different time too. Now. It is. It Go definitely ahead. is. No, I'm definitely. I'm glad that you brought up. Um, you know, you just watched the game because my my next question for you was, what do you see the the vast difference in um South Florida girls basketball at the youth level and in Georgia at the youth level? You know, that is a good question too. Um, I haven't I haven't been around the Florida the uh, youth basketball in a while. Uh, like when I got home, I, I got a chance to you know come and and see you guys practice your AAU team practice. Um, the different I know when I played, I just felt like you know the game was more physical and we were more gritty and and we just had that style of just running gun like you know. And I feel like when I was coaching up here about three years ago, the style here they're more fundamental, but I think they're they're now starting to get into that running gun game. Um, but really, uh, the difference. I would, I would say that that the Florida style is more of that it's still more of that uh, that physical game. Like we we mm-hmm. want to pound it inside. I haven't really seen a uh, a lot of like kids who just shooting the ball, pure shooters. Uh, but really, I don't know. I haven't. It's been a couple years, so I can't really gauge it now. Um, this summer, I'll probably see more of the the, the youth in Georgia, so I can kind of get a better grasp of, like, how they play. But I would just say, you know, we, we just had more of that, you know, in-your-face pre- pressure. We want to press the whole game <laughs> type <laughs> down in, in Florida. And I feel like Georgia is more so let's hold the ball, you know. Maybe we'll run, you know, a play here and there. But we want to, you know, run and gun. We want to, you know, get get the quickest shot. And I'm not sure if that's the best way, the best style to play. But, I mean, I guess it just depends on, you know, what works for you. Right. And, and you said something earlier too. Um, you know, they were uh, Georgia was a bit more fundamental than Florida, which, in, in my opinion, you got to master the fundamentals before you can do anything. So, you yeah. know, with that, I, I think a lot of uh, kids in Florida um, have to get better at the fundamentals. And with the fundamentals, you don't need a coach to do that. You can actually work on it yourself. But a lot of these kids will not take the time out to do that. So, wanting yeah. to get that scholarship over somebody else and you can't master the fundamentals or you're not good at the fundamentals, that, that puts you behind the eight ball because we, we are we have athletic kids in the state of Florida. That's a fact. Definitely yeah. in South Florida. A lot of athletic kids. But when you don't have the fundamentals down and your IQ, your basketball IQ is not there, it's kind of hard for, to make people recruit you. And you are def- you are absolutely right because I see a lot of times like we don't know when to make a bounce pass or when to you know when to make a chest pass or when to make a one hand pass like it's just that we'll have the same we'll we'll make the same pass three times in a row and not figuring out what we're doing wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, it's just, absolutely. You can't have no IQ in your fundamentals aren't there because then you yeah no one is recruiting you you're just out there playing street ball and 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 that's not something that's gonna get you to the next level at all. Definitely, definitely. And, and my last question for you, um, how how have you translated your your basketball mentality into your everyday life? Oh man. You know, I, my co- coach Richard always told me basically, and I'm I'm just finding this. I'm figuring out what exactly he meant by this statement. And I may not be quote him verbatim, but it was along the lines of basically use basketball as a tool. And I feel like he will always say that. And I'm like, coach, what is like? What does that mean? Like, what what do you mean use <laughs> basketball as a tool? And I feel like you know, basketball really allows you. It it, it can open up so many other opportunities for you. Like right now, um, I feel like uh, it just helped me become a better person. Like I'm more comfortable with speaking with people. I'm more comfortable, uh, you know, giving back to kids. It well, it, it allows you to give back to, you know, the kids, whether it's through training, whether it's through mentoring, whether it's through, you know, just giving back your experiences. Um, it allows you to travel the world and open up, open you up to different cultures. And, and you know, like I never thought that, I will be in these different countries. Like, 
and it all and it all comes from me playing with this basketball. That one right. ball has allowed right. me to travel the world to, to impact lives. To you know, you 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 don't people basically look up to me, <laughs> and right. that's right. that's crazy to me because like through basketball, you know, I got people that are you know wanting to know you know how what it takes and and, and asking me different questions, and I want to be able to you know live and, and understand what it is that I can do to help impact those kids and, and those people. And I feel like, you know, basketball just taught, it, it taught, it taught me a lot. It taught me uh, patience. It taught me, you know, how to build friendships. You know, it's a sisterhood. Like I have relationships with people, you know, like I say, for, for many years since I first started, since I was 13 years old, I've built all these relationships and I can go to these people and, you know, you know, whether they're still playing basketball, whether they're, you know, working in another field, like, I still have these connections. So it just connects you with so many different, in, in so many different avenues that you'll be surprised, you know. So when he said, you know, use it as a tool, I need to figure out, well, I, what I figured out is that I know that, you know, my passion is giving back and motivating. So what I've done now with myself is um, I'm building a, a, a athleisure cup line. It's called I Motivate. And, and basically, okay. it's basically to motivate those people and, and find basically find the motivation within yourself through, you know, your health and your fitness. And, and once you have that in order, you know, you're healthy, you're fit, you're able to, like, you know, expand your mind and, and do what it is that you want to do in this life. So okay. if anything, it, it just taught me to just, you know, be a better person, be a better teammate, be a better leader in my community. No, that that and and that's awesome because those are the things that you know it teaches you um, how to cooperate with one another. I mean, you're on the court playing with five people, but you you got an opposition over there that's playing against you. You guys are strategizing and working things out. So basketball teaches you a lot, and it's definitely a tool um, for the long run. Like you said, it helps you uh, build relationships with people that you probably never would have met in your life if it right. wasn't for basketball. <laughs> <laughs> you know and what I mean? That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's amazing, and, and right, but it's, it's crazy just to think about it. It's like, wow. Like, I, I, I have a friend. I have friends over in, in Spain. I have friends over in Iceland. I have friends in Africa, like France. Like, to know that, like, this world, you, this world can be so small just by using this little tool of, of a basketball to help you get there. Right, ex- exactly. <laughs> I mean, would you have built those relationships with these people if you weren't playing basketball? We we can't say. You know what I mean? That I don't know. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. But I'm and, just and, thankful for it, though, and, and I'm um I'm happy that you know my cousin saw something up in me at that age, and I'm happy that you know I was in the right place at the right time, and and I feel like you know at that time we just basketball was just so big in South Florida. And uh, just having, you know, all those great players around me and willing to give back and and just help me, you know, along my career. So I'm appreciative of every, you know, coach that helped me, every player that helped me, you know, parent that, you know, drove me to those tournaments, bought me new <laughs> shoes. I'm, I'm just, you know, thinking about all that stuff. And, you know, we may take it for granted, you know, when we're younger, but, you know, I'm still, like I say, I'm I'm 29 and I'm still playing and I'm still loving it. And, and that's the best thing, you know, that happened to me was basketball. Yeah. And and I know you went through a period where you actually, um, you had some injuries and clearly you've um, bounced back, you battled back and you're still playing right now. So talk to us about that. Like um, when you, when you got injured, how did that affect you mentally? But then how did you use that as a uh, motivation to keep going? Oh yeah, so I'm 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 very very thankful that you know I haven't had many injuries in my career. But uh, last no, uh, when was it? 2016. Yeah, my first year in France, um, I actually tore a ligament in my ankle. That was actually my first injury that you know I was out for you know six months, and um, you know. It was it was hard because it was my first one and it was later in my career and um I already had a goal of, you know, playing for about four four years, so that kinda threw off a year for me. Um, but you know, just like I say, having those people in my corner, you know, helping me, you know, putting it in my ear that it's okay, you know, it's, it's you you can bounce back. You you've been through, you know, other personal things in your life and you can bounce back. But knowing I I feel like just knowing that, you know, that basketball you know, I still had more years in me. That kind of helped me, my mental and 
and realizing that, you know, you just get through this, you know, rehab, make sure you're eating right, make sure, you you know, you're, you're taking care of your body. That's the biggest thing, taking care of your body and your mental. Because you can, you know, once you get injured, especially at, what, 28, you're like, you're like, okay, maybe I should end my career. You know, you know, it's later in my career. But I didn't really have that mindset because I already know that, you know, I have personal things that I have lined up that, you know, through basketball will help me reach those goals. Um, right. You know, I just stayed focused on that. And, and really, um, I gained about, what, 20 pounds after my <laughs> surgery. And what I did was I just um, – I ate no meat. I did no meat for that, those six months that I was injured. And I made sure that, you know, I, I was doing my rehab and I just basically locked in. And I feel like that's one of the biggest things, too. Like, what, once you know exactly what you want to do in life and you know you have your everything aligned towards that goal, um, pretty much no one can stop you but you. You're, you're basically in front of, you know, whatever it is between you and that goal. It's only you and that goal. So um, I just kept that mentality, and that just helped me, you know, pretty much bounce back. And I feel like now, and it's funny that I'm saying this, but I feel like now I'm in the best shape. And I feel the best that I feel <laughs> since I was about 13, 14 years old. Oh, wow. And, and I'm happy and I'm proud to say that, yeah. And uh, a lot of people are like, wow, man, you done got skinny, you done slim down, you look like you're back in college. And I'm, and it's a compliment because, you know, I put in that work and, and I'm proud to say that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing it, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, are, are you still um, not eating meat or have you um, got back to eating meat? Oh, God, I'm back eating chicken. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back eating it. Well, uh, I mean, just knowing that, and that's another thing, just knowing. I always thought, like, when I heard of people going vegan or, or going pescatarian, I'm like, man, how do y'all do that? But just knowing that I could do that, like, you know, it's it's really a mindset of anything. Like, if you really put your mind towards anything, you're able to do it. But you really have to put that, fo- like, all your focus towards it. Because the minute you don't really focus towards it, you can really go in, in in any direction. But if you're focused on one thing, like, it's really hard to get you off that track. So um, that was just a mindset I had. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm back eating meat. I'm trying to, uh, you know, gain more muscle now. Uh, I'm playing semi-pro here in Atlanta for the Atlanta Monarchs. So uh, my first game, I was getting pushed down by the big guys down there. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what, let me <laughs> let me get back in the gym. I'm a faster, you know, I'm faster. My handles are better. You know, my shot is, is way better. I feel like I'm shooting a high percentage shot. But um, just personal goals, I'm, I'm trying to get bigger right now so that, you know, I'm not getting pushed down. Because my last team in France, we were more of a just a um, – uh, running jump team, they were really fast. We were really small, but we were really fast. So I had to, like, I, like I said, I had I got injured the season before this past season. So um, really dropping weight helped me, you know, get get back into that rhythm. So then I'm able to run with those girls. And, and that and that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, we're definitely glad that you, you know, back at it doing your thing. And um, you said that was your first game in uh, with the Atlanta Monarchs this past weekend. Uh, actually, no. It was a uh, Pico de Mayo. It was our first game. Um, it was our first game. Yeah, we're now we we have a really good WNBA caliber team. Uh, I know the owner of this uh, this actual franchise. Her goal is to actually uh, own her own WNBA team. So we really have a good thing going here in Atlanta too. Um, we're three and zero. We played this Sunday um, here in Atlanta. So if anybody's in Atlanta watching the show. Make sure, you know, you come check us out, you know, come support. But uh, we're definitely um, on to something here. We have some high-caliber players, Megan Simmons, who played with the Dream. Uh, we have Rachel Holliday, who also played with the Dream, went to records. Um, just a, a bunch of different – myself, uh, Tanae Davis-Kane, who played with me at Florida State. We have uh, just some high-caliber players. So uh, we're looking to make some noise here and – I'm looking, you know, to secure a better deal overseas. So uh, it's a development, it's a professional development league that, with the WBCBL. Um, and like I say, we're just here uh, trying to trying to make some noise, like you say. And you, yeah, you mentioned earlier when you were like, you know, what does it take to like build that WNBA? And it's, it's really starting with, you know, building that foundation locally, and then you know, getting out there in the community, and and that's what we're doing as well. We go to different schools, we talk to the kids, and you know, we we make sure that the kids are out there, so you know, seeing what it what it looks and what it the environment of a professional team because that's what we are. 
So we we just you know trying to do something here in Atlanta and and go from there. Hey, that and that's good stuff, man. I mean that that's really good stuff. Glad that you guys are giving um the youth there a feel of what it actually means to be a professional athlete because uh, a lot of these kids don't get to see that and they um, undervalue when they do have that presence of athlete in their in their presence. So a lot of times I think that mm-hmm. we take um, the athletes for granted. Like uh, you have former players that come back and actually pour into kids. And, you know, again, when you're so used to having someone there, it just becomes like, oh, okay, that's just such and such. But I don't think they're really valuing right. it. I, <laughs> I know one thing you said that, um, you know, um, you know, people look at you like a celebrity. Now, when you're back at home, I can assure that you don't get that same feel versus when you go somewhere else. Oh, no. Exactly. Exactly. So our, our, our local communities, our local communities have to do a better job of embracing our former athletes that have played either high school and have went on to college and the professional ranks. I just don't think the community embraces them and, you know, they take them for granted. And that's even with me myself. They, I, I feel like I'm, I'm not saying I have to be um, like a Michael jordan but if I go somewhere else, other people <laughs> actually do treat me like Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? For real. For real. <laughs> yeah, because even when I go home, like, well, I guess because they feel like they know you. Oh, that's just Lily. Mm-hmm. Or that's just Tweet. You know, that's yeah. just, you know, it's nothing. But at the end of the day, like, we need that. And, and, and the kids need to see that because then that'll spark something in them, you know, that, you know, that, you know, I can do this and I come home and, you know, I get that love and I get that support. And, and it just make it bigger than what it really, you know, what it, what it should be. Right. Because like I say, I'm here in Atlanta and I get kids walking up to me every day. Like I graduated college in 2010. It's 2018 and I'm still, they still remember me like, oh, you play that Florida State? Oh my, can I get your autograph? Like now we, we have a photo shoot today so that we can make posters because we had kids there wanting our autographs, but we had nothing to like, you know, give them, put the mm-hmm. autograph on, whether it was their shirt, their personal shirt. So, right. like, you get what I'm saying? Like, we are seen as, you know, these celebrities in, in different countries and different states, but in our hometown, we're just like, okay, we're pretty much like, oh, okay, that's that's Lily. Yeah, she played that, you know, yeah. but it's, it's not <laughs> something that we, we're getting praised for. But, I mean, I'm not playing for that, but at the end of the day, the culture behind it needs to be that. Absolutely. I agree. I agree. I, I think, like I said, I think that um, the, the local the local community has to embrace their athletes because truth be told, you don't get, it's very rare that you get an athlete come through the place that you're from and actually be successful and succeed at the professional level. That is not something uh-huh. that's very common. It, it is not. We can have a bunch of local high school kids that are great, but I'm talking about the ones that actually go off Let's let's even celebrate the ones that go to college and graduate. We gotta put more emphasis on embracing right. that because at the end of the day, that's what we that's what we want them to do. And, and if they and take that's it, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah, for real. Yeah, huge. for sure. For that's, sure. That's huge. And that's like I say, that was one of the things. Like before I found basketball, honestly, I didn't know what it was that I wanted to do. Like and like I say, basketball brings so many different opportunities. Thank God I had you guys come back. And, and and you guys graduated and me seeing that, like it forced me to be like, No, I have to graduate because I wanna do I wanna do better than that. And, right. and that's really what you play for so other people like you can inspire your youth and those people behind you to do better than you. And in order to do that you need you need that push. You need people to be pushing you to do more. Not necessarily I won't say you need them, but it will be, you know, great to know that, you know, you have that support. Absolutely. That Absolutely. your community behind you. Yeah, absolutely. So I, and I, I think we're on the same page as far as thinking that how do we market and build the WNBA better? I think you have to start locally. And once once we start embracing our local communities and embracing those athletes that come back and give to our athletes, then I think it, it, it spreads abroad because now it's like, oh, okay, I can put a face with a name. This person is from here, and, and we support that, just like we do the guys. I mean, you, got the, you have the LeBron-Michael Jordan comparison all the time. Well – People right. from Cleveland, I'm sure, are behind him 100%. It's like, oh, he's a he's a Cleveland native. But you don't have that on the girl's side. You know what I mean? Okay. You just don't have it. Right. And we got, we got to do and, a better job of getting it. And women, we're getting better. Like, if you if you look at it, like, we're getting better. Like, so 
they need to jump on that train because it's not <laughs> like back in the day. Like, it's way more, and then we have so many more, like, outlets, like social media. Like, we can use that in a more positive light and not just about, you know, like, the highlight stuff. But, you know, we, we, we have more outlets than we did, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So it should be getting bigger with, you know, with the time because we're getting better. The training is more intense. Like, we have more, like, training equipment. Even, <laughs> like, I got on the Vertimax and was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like about a couple years ago, I'm like that. That, that trans, we we had the uh, the bulky shooting shoes running up the stairs and um, at South Broward. Yeah, that the was awesome, shoes. Man. The you know? shoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we definitely need to, you know, come together and support women's basketball more because it is big and it, 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 we we can do, you know, we can do we can do more. Yeah, we definitely can. We definitely can. And um, hey, um, I appreciate you taking the time out to sit and talk to us. We we definitely appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm I know that you shared a lot of insight, and hopefully someone out there can um listen in and really learn something. But um, you did mention that you have your your brand, so I want you to um tell people how they can reach you with that. Um, even if it's through your uh IG, Facebook, whatever it is you're utilizing, let let them know how they can get in contact with you um, regarding that. Okay. Um, yeah, it is a, a brand that we're still currently building, but if you guys can follow uh, the brand page, it's on Instagram. It is I am the number eight apparel, A-P-T-A-R-E-L. That's going to be, uh, again, I am eight apparel, and that's our IG page. Um, just, you know, follow us, you know, just stay stay with us during the grind. We're we're still up and you know trying to get everything going. But again, we're an inspirational uh, athleisure line. You know, just encouraging people to move forward and and you know embracing you know what it is that you want to do. And we're just basically trying to push people into a, a better light and, and get them going, get them moving through good health and good uh, you know whether it's through sports or whether it's just just health in general because good health leads to good wealth and that's what we're promoting. So, yeah, I Motivate Apparel on IG. Awesome, awesome. Well, like I said, we appreciate it. Thank you for calling in and spending some time with us. And um, I definitely um, wish you luck and wish you well throughout your endeavors, especially with your brand and plan. Also, I know you're going to get that contract because you're working for it and it's already in you. So I know things going to go well with that. But like I said, definitely appreciate you calling in and spending some time with us. Man, thanks for having me, man. Anytime, anytime. Thank you, sweet. All right, appreciate it. All right, you have a good one. All right, you too. All right, bye-bye. Bye. And everybody, that was uh, Alicia Harvin, um, a South Florida native who is now in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and uh, was playing for the Atlanta Monarchs, who is a semi-pro team. So, you guys, that's in that Atlanta area. Make sure you get out and support that. And also, jump on that. I motivate brand. Let's get out and support that too, because if we're going to build women's basketball, we got to build all assets of it. So you guys jump on that early. Um, don't try to jump on once the brand gets popping and then you want to be a part of it. It's very important to be a part of the grind and get that success from the jump. I want to definitely thank you guys for tuning in to the first show. I debut um, had a blast. Definitely looking for great things to come. Keep it rocking with us. Um, again, we're coming back next Wednesday, so I'll be promoting and putting it out there. If you guys want to um, figure out how you can get on, make sure you follow me at Takara Williams Basketball on Instagram and TWB Basketball One on Twitter, and the Facebook fan page is Takara Williams Basketball. So you guys lock in, follow. Let's build this thing up and let's keep it going. All right, have a good one. Be safe. <laughs>